Super. Super. What's up, Super BS and Topic Ocalypse fans? This is an interview straight from the ground at E3 2021. Good. Just trying to get used to this whole like digital interface here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how's, uh, how's it been so far? Uh, it's been confused. I'm not like good at using Discord. Like I liked being there and actually like walking around the show. So it's like been weird because I'm out in Texas and my internet's kind of spotty. So oh, we're in Texas. Uh, out and out kind of near Waco, like kind of in central oh. Texas. Yeah, we're oh, in Dallas right. actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I drive to Dallas all the time. So, I mean, it's kind of a mess of freeways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, <is>. it really <laughs> is. <laughs> well, uh, awesome, man. Uh, thanks for being here. And, and uh, we're going to just showcase our game. Cassidy's going to run us through, if you don't mind. Uh, and maybe we can start with some quick introductions. Yeah, yeah if you uh, right-click on my name, um, I'm the one that says live. Uh, you can click uh, watch or something like that. What does it say? Okay, it yeah, says yeah, watch, stream. watch stream. Yeah. And that should pop up the game screen. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll get let's uh, let's get started then. Um, I'm, I'm Eric. Like I mentioned before, I'm the producer for Sansevora. I'm Cassidy Fawn. I'm the character artist and animator for Sansevora. And I'm Michael Shistik. I'm the art director. Um, so today we're gonna specifically be checking out one level, and I'll kind of give you a quick overview of what Sansevora is. So Sansevara is an open world action RPG, and it's set in the decaying world of Talamhel, where an ancient spell plague has turned everything into an entropic ruin of sand and ash. And today we're going to be checking out specifically the ruins of Hurwell, which is not the beginning level, it's actually a little bit further in, and normally you'd get on your grain wake, your boat, to sail over to this level or one of the uh, many first major islands. Uh, so Cass, whenever you're ready, you can start us off. Yeah. You can see everything, right? Yeah, yeah, it's loading. Cool. It cool. If you uh, is it kind of full screen or is it like a little window? It is full screen. Cool, cool. It doesn't look as good with a little window. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, this is not the beginning of the game. Uh, there's an island that you start at, and there's a town there and everything. But for the demo, we have you starting here. So we left some gear so that you can kind of be uh, have a chance at survival here. <clears throat> And then finally, I'm going to ring the bell because the armor dropped my health a little bit. Um, the bell works like a Dark Souls uh, bonfire, if you've ever played it. Uh, it restores your health. It replenishes your healing bells. Re it respawns enemies. And if I die, I'll respawn right here. It's like a checkpoint. Okay. Yeah, normally in the game, too, you, that's the dock of this level. So you'd see your grain wake there, and you would have landed at that dock and started off. Um, yeah, and, and the grain wake is our sand boat. Just so you know. Sorry. Okay. Uh, we're also trying to do a lot of like RPG elements. We're not just trying to be action. And to, to showcase this, we have a bunch of NPCs within the level. Now, one of them here being Danthea. Danthea is a church, uh, Elysis Manhunter, which is one of the major religions in our game, the Church of Elysis. And she's kind of asking us, like, hey, because of my religion, there's a defender of her well that's not letting me progress into the inner chambers. Could you go and find my target and see if you can track him back to me? And we can choose to engage with that quest. We can completely ignore it. And if your cup of tea is just killing Dante and taking our stuff, you can do that too. Does it does it affect the way the game plays? It definitely will. Like for example, just there, if you do, do choose to kill Danthea, you might be locked out in certain uh, quests or, or rewards later on. 
But on the alternate end, like, let's say there's, like, a kind of a sketchy character. You might want to kill him because, like, let's say you decide to bring him to town. Maybe he'll kill someone else. So that won't always happen, and it's kind of up to the player to just eyeball it, like, what feels right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so here we're going to try to forge a weapon because we don't have anything yet. But um, basically there's a thousand different weapons in the game, and you get those weapons by combining all these different uh, rows that I'm showing you here. Um, everything's available to you in the demo, but in the full game, you're going to have to search every island, explore everything, look under every nook and cranny, and find all the different recipes to create each of these little um, segments to create your, a full weapon. Um, this first row is your weapon handle. This changes your fighting style. Um, do you have any preferences in uh, what type of weapon you'd like to see? Uh, I'm more of like a one-handed weapon kind of person. Like, do you like to stab or do you like to slash? I like to slash. Okay. This is going to be the first time we've, uh, know, we've done a one-handed slash. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> wants to do, like, the dual wield or the glaive, honestly. I'm like, um, just so keeping weapon. it simple, you know? Thanks for choosing that one. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not sure really cool weapon, too, it's so. really strong. Um, the second row is your, the part that you hit people with. Uh, you got maces. You got swords. You got axes. You got daggers. You got great swords. And they're not only just the look of the weapon. They also come with little uh, perks, too. The dagger attacks a lot faster, but it um, it does less damage. The greatsword does more damage, but attacks slower. And the mace has a wider range of damage. And the axe has a more critical hit damage. So what do you like? Swords, maces, axes? Oh, let's do swords. All right. A regular sword or a greatsword? A uh, greatsword. All right. Cool. It's going to make it a little slower, but it's going to hit harder. So <laughs> this third one is the pommel. Um, this is the little like a little ball weight thing on the end of your sword. Um, there's 30 plus of these right now. So Michael's going to help me pick them, but I'm going to give you some examples of what they do. Um, for example, one of them is called spawn projectile. And when you're hitting enemies, there's a small chance that you'll spawn an AOE of um, daggers that shoot out from you. Another example would be um, double edged where it does more damage every hit, but it also hurts you to use it. So what do you think, Michael? What are we doing here? Um, Josh, you want to have a broken build, a, a weak build, or something in the middle? Let's do something in the middle. The best of both okay. worlds here. Um, let's try... Oh, actually... Yeah, hemorrhaging would be great right there. Okay. Uh, basically, hemorrhaging, um, it does like a damage to enemies when, while they're moving. So it's like I, I make them bleed, but if they start running, it starts hurting them. Okay. So it's a pretty interesting build. Um... So finally, we have the codex, and this is basically the the style in which your weapon's forged. So think of it like a classic European style of um, swords versus an Asian style of swords. Um, an example of this is like uh, the Hashari here. They're an insect race in this game, and uh, the our sword is going to reflect that style, so it's going to look kind of insectoid. Um, warriors will be more of like the uh, classic European style. So Michael's going to have me pick this one, too. Uh, not only does it change the look, but it also gives you um, a perk as well. Hashari, for example, you deal more damage the lower your health gets. So what do you think, Michael? I mean, we haven't picked Hashari's sword, and we've been talking about it quite a bit. So let's just go. Okay, cool. Hashari. All right. Um, let's craft it. And then I'm going to upgrade it a few times to uh, make sure that I'm strong enough for this level. Uh, and then finally... I'm going to equip the weapon, and behind Danthea, we found this fire spell blade gem. 
basically what this does after you throw it into your weapon, you can activate it and then you can dodge. And this causes a firewall that you can cook enemies in. You can block while it's activated. And um, every time an enemy hits your block, it causes an AOE explosion. Um, and then lastly, when you hit an enemy with it active, it will light them on fire and do fire damage over time. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot we picked great swords. So like, it's, yeah, it's so it's, big. There's a couple of, of pretty ridiculous combinations. Like there's an anvil hammer, and you can do like a one-handed stabbing anvil, anvil hammer. I got a question. That so your fire? Can you burn yourself on it, or is it? Are you no. free to like? Okay. But if you fight an enemy that has this ability, because there's some enemies and like some of the NPCs have spell blades, and they can use that ability, and 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 if you're standing in their firewall, it will burn you. Okay. Yeah. Right. So one of the things you can notice too. So uh, let me describe some of the UI. Nice parry, dude. Thank uh, you. Some of the UI elements. So on the bottom left, there's that whitish bar. That's your health. On the bottom right, there's that yellow bar that's draining when he runs or dodges. That's the stamina bar. And then there's a half crescent blue bar that it's draining whenever he makes attacks. And that, think of that like a, a durability or a second stamina bar. And the reason that's there is twofold. One, we want players to kind of go in and out of combat as you're making swings. You do have to think about when you have to get a pause to come out and try to cleanse your weapon. Uh, we want that to be like a dance that you're not just kind of hacking and slashing, that you are thinking of your timing. The other thing it does is like uh, the pommels, a lot of the pommels can correlate with cleansing like sneak attack, for example, or, or sneaking, rather. Whenever you cleanse your weapon, there's uh, you can go invisible for five seconds and kind of pass enemies or get backstabs and things like that. Okay. Uh, and just, just to continue on here, we have Alara as well. She's another NPC that you can find in the level. She's the defender I was talking about earlier, and she's kind of giving us a warning, like, hey, you can peruse her well in the gardens, but don't touch anything or there's going to be hell to pay. Um, and as players, we are touching stuff. So it's probably not <laughs> to get right. Do you, the sword is actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, you're trucking. I don't know, you're getting a wide sweep there. Uh, do any of the NPCs, do, uh, are there like side quests in this game or are they all just kind of there to help you along the path? Oh, definitely. Like almost all the quests, like the main quest, even with that, we're trying to be not intrusive, that you can kind of go wherever you want and do whatever you want as much as possible. So outside of the main quest and ending the game, all the side quests are optional. Like, you can completely ignore Danthea. You can completely ignore any enemies or, sorry, NPCs that you want. Okay. You're getting really good, you're real good at that. <laughs> the pair, so there is, uh, if you, on the controller, if you tap left trigger or hold left trigger, it's blocking or parrying. And the timing is kind of ridiculously hard. Can, can you counter? Is there, like, a counter ability? Yeah, that's basically what that is. Like when you do it to a melee enemy, it will uh, stun them, and then you'll get an opportunity to do critical hit damage to them. Okay. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Cass. So sometimes you might be noticing that there's yellow numbers or there's white numbers, and it's pretty simple. If you're hitting characters in the back, you're doing critical damage, or if they're stunned or staggered or in a weakened state, you'll do critical damage. The thing though is that they can do it to you, so you got to be really careful in exposing yourself. Cassie's trying to get up there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you got two on the, on the arrows, and the melees are a lot harder. Come on, get one. Yeah. There <laughs> you and then you can just slice them and dice them. Uh, another uh, UI element there is, so there's that yellow circle in the middle, and that starts to fill up as you're hitting corrupted enemies. So he just used that like long line blade attack. 
Uh, that's specific to the one-handed slash. So all the other weapons uh, handles, they all have their unique special attacks. Can, is there um is there like a dodge function on yeah. here? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the dodge right there. Okay, so it's kind of like a short little dash. And you do have invincibility during the the duration of the dash. Okay. Um, one of the things that I also want to add is um. So we gave you guys uh, a, a full set of gear at the start of this level. And the gear doesn't drop off of enemies like Diablo style where it has crit or, or haste or stuff like that. So what it does to you is each piece of armor has a set effect. So if you have two to four pieces of the same set, like for the one we gave you, for example, the called the Bellwether, uh, it has a chance to completely avoid damage, a 20% chance to completely avoid damage on getting hit. Yeah, that's um, this. If you look on yeah. the bottom right, you can see the example of what he's um, talking about. Uh, you also got the Cavaliers that's found in this level that Cassidy yeah. actually picked up. So uh, the Cavaliers, if you have two to four pieces, whenever you pick up currency, it increases your damage for a short period of time, and that stacks. So it's really good at clearing out a level, but maybe not so good at bosses. Yeah. And finally, we have these uh, these runes, and these drop off of enemies randomly. And if you look in the bottom left of the screen, there's a bunch of stats. You can find runes of every single one of those stats. So... Let's say you wanted to do um, a lot of crit damage. You could go and grind and find a bunch of crit damage um, runes and put them in your armor like this and increase the amount of damage you do when you're critting. Um, right now, our gear is actually the lowest level it can be. So there's only one socket. So later on, you'll be able to level up your armor and the max level, uh, you'll have five sockets. So you can really push that crit damage um, build that you're trying to create yeah or like for example like we have the great sword which does 20 or it's 25 percent slower on attacks well man that can feel really bad and i'm getting hit because i'm so slow well let's negate that effect and start stacking haste to counteract it and obviously the more the higher level you are the better the haste runes are sorry and by higher level i mean like you're further in the game or if your uh armor is getting upgraded you can have even more haste runes one of the builds Ooh. <laughs> Careful. One of the example builds I like to give is uh, like a Spellblade build. Like, let's say you really like Fire Spellblade. You can start really focusing on that by putting all your runes into Spellblade damage. And then there's a, the Ferrum set is another armor set in our game, which there's a chance on hit that it'll automatically proc Spellblade. There's also a talent tree where if you get a talent point into it, you can have the cooldown of Spellblade. So all of a sudden, you're doing Spellblade all the time, and you're front-loading all that damage into the one style. So would that be like a skill tree, and then that kind of balances out some of the uh, weaker, I guess, weapons and armor sets? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we'll uh, take a look at that skill tree on the journey back to the lamp. We'll, we'll give you a little look at that. Uh, Cassidy also just kicked down a ladder too. We do really like the the level design of like a Dark Soulsian style game, and where you're not only combating the enemies within the level, but you're kind of fighting the level itself. So you have the bells on your bottom left, that limited healing resource, and you're trying to see if you can get to these like checkpoints in a reasonable amount of time without dying. Oh my God, that's so much damage! Well done. Thank you. That was a uh, that that looks smoother than it uh, than it usually turns out. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're also just checking out maybe like 40 to 50% of the level of Herwell. Uh, and we really hope that you can kind of hop in yourself whenever you have that, a moment and kind of check out the whole thing, do the quest if you'd like to, and, and see the boss for yourself. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and uh, upgrade the weapon one more time. 
So it's like a forge that you're at right now. Yeah. But yeah, okay. in the main game, uh, you'll like we kind of put everything here on the forge and Denthia. But in the main game, you will have to find NPCs that like help you kind of socket your runes or unsocket your runes rather, uh, for blessing yourself. So this is the talent system, or for upgrading your weapons and armor. Yeah, this is the the skill tree that Michael was talking about earlier. And remember how he was talking about the different gear sets? Yeah, we have a two set of the uh, ca- uh, cavalier and two set of the uh, bellwether. An example of what this can do is um. This this perk right here at the end game, you would get uh, to use both of those sets at, as if they're fully like four set, um, and the pommels too. Like you'll have a secondary weapon, you can use both pommels at the same time, but you're not using both weapons at the same time. You're only using one or the other, but they're both active at the same time. Okay. Uh, but right now we have a very we have the basic stuff. You know, increase damage, increase armor, increase proc chance. Uh, the proc chance one is like for the pommels really when you have a pommel that has a chance to um, proc, this will increase that. So I'm going to pick damage because, you know, that's what everybody does. <laughs> um, yeah, if you find scrolls of leases and currency, those are the things that let you actually uh, go further down the tree. I'm going to go ahead and uh, try my luck against the boss. I wish you luck, friend. You did not ring the bell again, so you just have the No, I, I, I'm going to try to just make it. Oh, okay, okay. okay. We are, yeah, we're running out of time here. We've got it's seven minutes left. All right, so we've made it to the inner chamber of Hurwell. This is where the boss fight is. And here we have Alara again. She's kind of dispatched and is currently holding hostage the last grave robber that's in Hurwell. And she's not really distinguishing us from men, so uh, we're going to wish Cassie the best in luck and trying to stop her. <laughs> All right. I never realized how gruesome that scene is around her. (laughs) I think we've seen it so often. It's just like, ah, you know, they're chilling, they're sleeping. Desensitized. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. So, yeah, we we really do want to focus on these elements of, like, reading the the animations of the enemies and the bosses specifically, like, making sure you're timing the attacks and know when to go in and kind of find an attack of opportunity. No, Alara, no. Oh, I'm nope. dead. Oh, <laughs> you're not dead. <laughs> uh, let's say, let's say one more attempt. Yeah. So can't like oh, time. can the bosses heal themselves, or is or is that just like once their health is down, that's it? Really funny you mentioned that. So most bosses can't. Uh, Alara specifically, like as a Herwellian, a lot of the enemies and her her ability is like more like a paladin like. Uh, design so she actually can her attacks are holy and at a certain point in her health she'll start to try to heal okay but um i i think you meant something else right like you you were wondering oh. if like she stays persistent like if i do damage oh, to her oh, and i come I'm back sorry. later yeah uh, her health would be the same okay i, I mean wouldn't be like, the same out so yeah, like sorry, mid no no you're good like mid fight though can she like say you're like ah yes got her down to her last quarter of health and then she can like pop a potion or something yeah, or yeah. so yeah she would do that and that's Cassie, I know, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, she, my bad, I misunderstood. But uh, but but a lot of the bosses, like that's specifically her mechanic. A lot of the bosses probably wouldn't do that. But they might have other things where, like, at a certain percentage of health, they go into a different phase or start doing new attacks. Okay. Yeah, you can also parry her uh, if you're brave enough. I'm not. <laughs> I've seen Cassie attempted a few times. It's it's risky. Oh, you're dodging yeah, her attacks pretty well. Yeah, he's doing oh, that's the healer right there. Okay. 
My bad. <laughs> so if you do enough damage, Cassie did the one-hand special and kind of immediately canceled out her uh, heal with that damage. Okay. But if you don't do enough in time, she'll heal back like 50% of her health bar. Okay, so it's not the whole thing. No, no. But it is a lot. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Good job, dude. <laughs> nice. Thanks. That was I, pretty I, easy with this weapon, I think. Yeah, I really hope you try it for yourself because you made that look way too easy. Yeah, no, I'm excited to jump into it. Awesome. So we saved Ackerman, and we'll ultimately have the choice with a lot of NPCs to bring them back to our home base of Starspire. And Ackerman, you know, he's a grave robber. Like, how much are you going to trust him? So, like, that'll be one of the characters where you're like, do I want to bring this guy back? I don't know, but he is offering me this sweet new reward, so maybe. Does he, So does do they, like, wreak havoc on your home base if you bring them back and they end up being, like, a jerk or something? Yeah, exactly. They very if they... well can be, yeah. They're a sucky human, and they're gonna definitely cause problems. But <laughs> sometimes it's not gonna be so easy to like this, uh, to 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 like find that in in their yeah. character, you know? Yeah, they, like, might seem deceiving. Yeah. So uh, yeah. here we are back. We're back with Ackerman and our first mate Felker. And normally the boat would be here, and you can hop on, and the camera would pan down, and you can see the horizon of different structures on the sand dunes, and you can just pick and choose wherever you want to go. Uh, but obviously we have that disabled for the for the demo here. Um, if you have any last minute questions, and please feel free to ask, because we kind of we have a few minutes left. So the the story, like how, what is the main story in the game? We really want the players to kind of discover most of it on their own. Uh, we're keeping it a bit cryptic, but okay. the basic gist is that you are a remnant knight. Uh, you're one of literally a handful that are left. And Remnant Knights are trained uh, like basically by a father figure, and there's only one that they can train. And you're pretty much the last like capable one. And you as a Remnant Knight, you're trying to put piece together like the pieces of this broken world. And your guardian Lawrence is helping you do so. And from there, there'll be certain events at the beginning of the game that kind of guide you in that path. And you start to explore like the major themes and elements of like what happened and why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, so do, do your like your choices do they have an effect on the outcome of the game or just an effect on like what's happening in the levels? Uh, so currently there's going to be tons of choices with the side quests and things like that, but ultimately for the main game, for the main storyline, there'll be two choices and two different endings. And we're exploring more, but right now we were pretty solid on two. Yeah. And that will be in the early access, but that'll be in the full game. Okay, all right, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I just got done playing Nier, and it has, like, 25 endings. So I just don't know oh if I want to... Yeah. <laughs> like, our, our dev team is actually quite small. We have a six core members, and we've hired um, some other uh, people, like, contracting work. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of, like, manpower, you know? Like, getting a lot of endings would just probably take a lot of time up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think less is more for me, so <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, if, yeah, if you have any other questions or further questions on the game or our studio and the industry and, and you want to hit us up afterwards, like, by all means, please feel free to do so. We'd be happy to answer anything you got. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I know you guys are out in Dallas, but if you guys, after the game releases, if you guys would be interested in talking about on the podcast a little bit, I'd love to chat a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Man. That'd be fun. Thank right. you. Yeah, just uh, if, you, if you need to find us, you can find us on Discord or through our website. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Anywhere else, Eric? Thanks so much for stopping by. Yeah, seriously, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, Yeah, thank thank you. you. Enjoy the rest of (laughs) E3. You too.